0: Welcome into a Friday edition of Inside the Pylon, the Quick Kicks podcast for Friday, January 22nd. Chuck Zod and Mark Schofield here, and with the conference championships coming up this Sunday, winners going to be heading to the Super Bowl. We figured might as well dig into one of the key games here, and for that, we did bring in a special guest, Daniel Syed of Syed Schemes, as well as Inside the Pylon. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Broncos-Patriots matchup, and so before anything else, want to welcome in my co-host, Mark Schofield. Mark, how are you? Doing well, my friend. How are you, buddy? We're good, and uh, we're good. Dan, how about you?
1: I'm doing great. Excited to talk some playoff
0: football outstanding outstanding now this is uh you know been a season for both teams uh that's had a number of injuries in it and in particular uh a potential critical one for the broncos going into this weekend's game that is chris harris uh who may be out we still don't know his status i believe john elway said that he is going to be a game time decision here but how does this affect the game plan dependent on his status here
1: you know, I think it really affects it a ton. Denver plays a lot of man-to-man coverage, uh, and in the last match of the regular season matchup, neither Amendola or Edelman played, and then, you know, you bring them both back, and then you take Chris Harris out, or even if he plays, uh, at we don't know what percentage, 60, 70, uh, expect them to attack Chris Harris and make sure that, uh, that he's doing alright, and if not, then that's a, that's a very big loss because there, Denver's a very good defense, but one of the reasons is Chris Harris for sure.
2: Dan, one of the things that we saw particularly in New England's game last week against the Kansas City Chiefs was with the return of Julian Edelman, Brady was able to get the ball quicker, a lot quicker than he had down the stretch. Pretty much snapped a release, and most of his plays averaged to be about just over two seconds. Um, with Edelman missing from that first regular season matchup, do you think his return will allow that sort of trend to continue for this New England offense?
1: I, I really do, and the, the difference is pretty stark. Uh, it's, with Edelman, Brady's average time to get the ball out against Kansas City was 2.16, and without Edelman over the course of the season, it's over 2.5. So, you know, you, you hear a lot of talk about the Patriots O-line, but the Patriots O-line has really been the same uh, for the most part. You know, soldiers have been out for a really long time. Um, so it, it, it really is about Edelman and how quickly – he gets open and against Denver's pass first that's really going to be key. I expect a very, very heavy uh, pass game plan again. So that matchup is going to be, whether or not Edelman and M. Dola can get open quickly is going to be a very important factor in the game.
0: Mark, you played uh, both quarterback and wide receiver at different points in your career. We saw Edelman coming back last week. Looked like his timing might have been off a little bit on a couple of the drops that he had there. Is that something that you think, with another week of, of practice and a little bit more, uh, a, little, a few more repetitions here, starting to get that back and hopefully have some of those things cleaned up around the edges?
2: Oh, definitely. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, Any time off, you see it regardless of position, you get a little rust on you, whether it's playing wide receiver, whether you're playing the quarterback position, or really any other position. So when you're trying to come back in the playoffs, playing against some great teams, some great defenses like Kansas City had, and certainly Denver, you know, there's going to be some rust. But I, I think, you know, in the extra week of practice, and obviously, Adam was a guy that has a tremendous work ethic for everything I've read, and you guys have probably read too, that he'll be able to like, you know, clean those things up, be a little bit crisper in those routes. And the other thing is, he'll have a full game of confidence in that foot injury. He's got that plate in his foot. He's now got one game under his belt with it in a playoff game, in a playoff environment. So he's going to have a little bit more confidence. So even the cuts might be crisper, a little bit sharper with the routes. And that will probably just help that New England offense just a little bit more.
0: Now, Dan, this is also a New England offense that had kind of uh, sputtered without Edelman in the lineup here for the last half of the season. But going against a defense here in Denver's defense that has given up a couple big plays in recent weeks, how do you think the Patriots look to exploit that defense to potentially pick up some big chunks of yards here?
1: So I think I think there's two ways. Now, Denver played a lot more zone than they traditionally do against Pittsburgh, and I think that's because Pittsburgh has some fresh-the-field big play receivers that New England doesn't. But especially if Chris Harris is banged up, you have to think Denver is going to play some zone. And in the past couple weeks, uh, Pittsburgh and then Week 17 against San Diego, some of Denver's zone and especially their trap coverages gave up huge, huge gains on miscommunications. And it was, you know, scenarios where people were running down the field wide open. And uh, the other situation I noticed was Pittsburgh had a lot of success against Denver out of empty formations. So look to see if New England either motions to empty with a running back, uh, James White or Bolden, or just lines up an empty to begin with and uh, attacks Denver's defense that way.
0: Dan, what do you expect uh, in terms of matchups in this game? Uh, Based on either the last time these two teams played back in November or just what you've seen from both of them over the last couple weeks here, how do you think they're going to be matching up with the New England offense? If they go
1: man-to-man, you have to think Chris Harris is going to be on one of the uh, quicker guys, either Edelman or uh, Amendola, depending on his health. I'd be interested to see if they're willing to put to Tlaib on Gronk at all. I think Ward, T.J. Ward has played some on Gronk, but not with that much success because the size difference is just uh, really, really big. And then from New England's perspective... If I'm New England, I want to get running backs on Denver's linebackers because they play the run well, but they're not as good in pass coverage, especially
2: in man-to-man. Dan, you mentioned a few moments ago uh, Denver's trap coverage, which some people also call two-trap or palms coverage we've seen as well. Just take a minute and just tell the listeners what that is um, so they can possibly look for that on Sunday.
1: Yeah, sure. So traditionally in cover two, you have the corners on the outside uh, and then the two safeties playing each each half of the field Uh, in palms or trap the outside cornerback if he gets an out route from the slot he'll try and trap that or intercept it or make a big play on that but if you get an out from the slot uh, and a vertical from the number one receiver or the outside receiver you know denver's had situations where both the corner and the safety played one route and that's going to be a problem obviously because the other person's going to be wide open Again San Diego, that led to an 80 yard touchdown. Pittsburgh, it led to I think a 60 yard uh, completion. so that's one thing that you'll uh, that you'll try and see on Sunday.
0: Is that a coverage that you see Denver run often or is it scattered throughout games?
1: They don't run it as much uh, as they as much as they play man to man, but I think uh, again, some of it's going to depend on how they feel with their personnel at the time. I think one hundred percent healthy, they feel they can match up with anybody man-to-man, but uh, that's that's something we'll see on Sunday, pending Chris Harris's health. What
0: about uh, what about the other side of the ball when we're talking about the Patriots' defense facing a Denver offense that the last time they played uh, had Brock Osweiler, quarterback? What do you expect them to come out in, and what type of strategy could be effective for New England against a Peyton Manning-led team? Well, I think... Peyton Manning, he,
1: his arm looked decent in the first half, and I think he looked good on timing routes where he could, he was in rhythm, he could set his feet, curls and comebacks, but whenever he had to move his feet, uh, the ball sputtered and it didn't look, it didn't look good. It looked slow. Uh, Pittsburgh had a dropped interception, opportunities for turnovers, and to exploit that, I really think New England is gonna play tighter, tight man to man, and expect some blitzes from New England. I think that's the best strategy going forward. Interior pressure will really be uh, tough for Manning to handle. Now, I think New England will miss uh, Dominique Easley, who's on IR, but between Malcolm Brown and Jabal Sheard and even Akeem Hicks, I think they have to create some pressure in the interior and get Manning to uh, move his feet in the pass game.
2: Dan what are your thoughts on this Denver running game sort of down the stretch in that Pittsburgh game it they really relied on that ground game to get them especially that last touchdown do you think that that's going to be another key aspect to this offensive game plan for Kubiak and Peyton Manning?
1: Absolutely it, it really has to be and the, the Denver run game the zone blocking scheme it's tough to handle in mile high for a whole 60 minutes you'll notice road teams get tired in the second half uh, and especially with Hightower and Collins, neither at 100%. You know, in the first half, they New England in the first game really did well against the run. Uh, Collins didn't play, but once Hightower went out, the the complexion of the game really changed, and they're going to have to do a great job of stopping the run. Uh, Two concepts, the split zone, which Denver ran a ton last week, and uh, outside tosses and runs that Denver had a lot of success with in the first matchup against New England. If New England can force uh, Denver away from the run game early, not even, uh, you know, just even third and six, third and seven obvious pass downs. I think that's a really good recipe for the Patriots.
0: Dan talking about that outside toss play, uh, what is the, the, the cleanest way for a defense to try to defend that is the, is, you know, who's essentially most important in terms of containing that and trying to force it back in towards the, uh, the rest of the defense.
1: So I think you can look at two things for New England. Now, Bill Belichick, Matt Patricia, they always preach the edge. So depending on where the outside run is going, you have to look at the defensive end. But then keep your eyes on Patrick Chung. He did a great job in the Kansas City game when Kansas City tried to outflank New England of keeping his outside arm free, forcing defenders back inside. And even when he didn't make the play, he would collision blockers in a way that would force runners to either hesitate or send them back inside and then one thing new england's linebackers are very good at both hightower and collins are shooting gaps inside and behind the play and catching the running back for a big loss a five six yard loss and if you see one of those it's really a drive killer but with neither of them at full health it could be the kind of situation where you know if you're a half step too slow and you shoot the gap it could be a big game the other way
0: Denver in uh, in the last game, uh, I, I think they ended up with, I want to say it was somewhere around 130, 140 yards on uh, 30 carries. It wasn't necessarily a consistent running game, though. There were a couple big plays and then a lot of two- to three-yard pickups that we saw there. What did Pittsburgh do to try to just slow that down in terms of the consistent ground game?
1: Now, I think that they did a good job in the first uh half and they wanted to uh make Manning throw the ball. I actually thought they could have been more aggressive. I thought they were did a good job in the past game, but they could have been more aggressive in moving up uh in the run game. I thought they Stefan Tuitt had an excellent game. He was very, very disruptive. But uh late in the game when the defense was tired, uh they they just didn't hold up as well.
2: Now, Dan, we don't really want to put you on the spot here, so we won't really make it go on record with a prediction, but what are some key points, some key factors that people should be looking for when this game rolls on Sunday?
1: I think uh, the health of Chris Harris, as we mentioned, and also Matthew Slater. He practiced today. I think the special teams uh, factor is going to make make a big difference. New England's special teams has struggled a little bit more than uh, usual this year, and I have a hard time seeing the Denver offense getting to 24 points. And I think that's what it's going to take to win this game. But if you include either a defensive touchdown or special teams touchdown, I think they can, uh, they can get to 24 that way. But I would, I would consider that somewhat the, the magic number.
0: Yeah, and Dan, even uh, even without a special teams touchdown, I was uh, doing a little bit little bit of research on uh, Britton Colquitt as well as Ryan Allen over the last couple of days. It's actually going to be up uh, this Friday, so it will be up uh, as this podcast is coming out, and pretty much what I've done is I've, I've put together a stat that takes into account field position in the punting game in terms of the distance that a punter is actually trying to kick the ball, just so he's not penalized for short kicks what I found is that on average, uh, Ryan Allen tends to out-punt uh, Britton Colquitt by about 4% in just about any type of punting situation. So to put that into yardage terms, you're talking about really you know, a two-yard change of field position any time that these two teams are exchanging punts. And so in a close game, that's the type of thing that potentially just leads to an extra field goal going one way for a team. And so even without a big play, A game that ends up being a battle of punts, I think, ends up being in New England's favor here, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. And also, I think in the return game, big punt returns aren't the only thing that are going to make a difference. Last week in the Pittsburgh game with Antonio Brown out, you could tell Marcus Wheaton was very uncomfortable back there in the punt return game. He let the ball be down inside the five a couple times when if he made a block or uh, approached the catch differently, he could have led to a touchback, saved his team 15 to 20 yards in field position so it's a little things like that um you know obviously everyone sees a punt return touchdown is making a difference but little things like that and each punter uh directional punting punting to the corner it really do make a big difference in such a such a tight game
0: great stuff well dan unfortunately it looks like we're about out of time for today though oh man look forward to sunday then absolutely appreciate you coming on to all of our listeners appreciate you listening enjoy both the games this sunday they should be two great games mark and i'll be back on monday i believe we might start talking a little bit of draft with the senior bowl coming up next week so that's going to be something that's on our minds we're also going to be talking about obviously the two teams heading into the super bowl enjoy the weekend we'll see you on monday